tight. Here we go. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Lester Hayes coming at you this morning. I'd like to welcome all of you this morning into the presence of the Lord this morning. We already feel the presence of the Lord. We sense the presence of the Lord. We welcome the presence of the Lord this morning. Something is already moving by the Holy Ghost this morning. I don't know about you, but I got joy set up in my bones this morning. I understand what Jeremiah meant when he says like fire shut up in my bones. And I come to release a praise this morning unto the Lord this morning. I, I just, I got, I still got to praise him. I'm so glad I don't look like what I've been through. I'm just so glad that I, that I understand what I was created to do. And so I thank God this morning for all of you joining us this morning to praise the Lord, to lift up his name, because he said, if I be lifted up, he didn't change that. He's still saying that today. It is just as potent today as it was when he told Moses to do the same thing. <clears throat> that if his, he would be lifted up in the earth, he used a serpent to try to get the message across. I'm just using my voice this morning to try to get the message across that if he be lifted up, if he be high and exalted, he'll draw all men unto him. And that word draw means drag. You know, so sometimes people can be stiff necked. They can be stubborn. But God's got a way, man. He got power where he can draw that center, man. He can draw that backslider back. He can draw that prodigal son. He can get their attention. Nothing like we can. Amen. And so we lift up his name this morning because he has already exalted above all else his name and his word. And he has magnified his word above all his name. So it's already gone out there. But it's when we lift him up, the saints of God, the set aside, the consecrated, the separated, when we lift them up is something special because he said you are my people called by my name and when you humble yourself when you bow down and when you turn from your wicked ways he said then i will hear from heaven for you amen on your behalf what you couldn't do i'll do it for you because you are my very own you've been bought with the price i died for you now i live for you now i intercede for you he said but if you would just turn from your wicked ways and cry out to me and lift me up he said look i will forgive their sins and i will heal your land i don't know about y'all i got some i'm banking on that stock right there I bought into that stock right there. I believe the Lord and I believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, those people that we are crying out to, we're lifting his name up over. We believe that they're going to be saved. We believe that prodigal sons and daughters are coming out of the pig pens, the slop pens of this life, of this world because of bad choices they made. We believe they're returning back to their first love, which is the father. We believe that the fervent effectual prayers that James believed in, that James wrote about in James, the fifth chapter, the book of James, the fifth chapter. He said, look, it is the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous that that avail as much. And so we thank the Lord this morning that he still got drawing power. He still got saving power. Holy Ghost has still got convicting power. So we never going to stop believing because we got saved. And so my God, if he can save us, he can save others. And so Father, we're praying that even right now, confessions are being made. People beginning to believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He is the savior of the world. And therefore they're beginning to fest, confess you with their mouths. And therefore they're calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're calling from every four corners of the universe, Lord. They're calling on you now because man has failed them, Lord God. This world has disappointed them. The systems of this world have let them down and come up short and wrote them a bad check and there's nothing in the bank account for them. But God, when they look toward heaven, my God, but they see that window open where you're pouring out that blessing. You're pouring out mercy. You're pouring out love. You're pouring out grace. You're pouring out peace. You're pouring
pouring out righteousness. And God, you're also pouring out provisions and resources, oh God. And say, so you say you would supply all that we need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And it's coming down now, God. It's overshadowing this morning. It's overwhelming this morning, Lord God. Everything that we need is coming to your people right now, Lord God. And we thank you for blessing the poor. We thank you for blessing those who are disadvantaged, those who are underserved, underprivileged. Thank you for blessing our children, our children, children, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren. We thank you, Father, and we praise you for blessing the elders and the seniors, providing for them, Lord God. Mm -mm -mm -mm. We thank you this morning, God. We thank you this morning, Lord God, for touching the heart of those who are wealthy, Lord God, those who are rich, Lord God. We ask you to touch their heart right now and release the wealth of the wicked for the just this morning. We thank you this morning, Lord God. Hey, and we give you praise this morning. So we welcome all of you this morning, just in a radical mindset this morning, all because we got a war going on. There's a battle going on, and I feel like we're winning, so I'm going to act like we're winning. Come on, somebody. I'm not playing the victim card this morning. I'm playing the victor's card this morning. I believe we got the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I come to tell about it, shout about it. I come to praise about it, come to worship about it. I come to remind him about it, that we understand down here where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth this morning, and he has given us power this morning. Hey, not to cry possum, he said, but you cry out to me, my God, and when I hear you, I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things. Did I not tell Jeremiah to prophesy this in Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter, the book of Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter, verse 3? Did I not tell him to prophesy this, to foretell this, to warn people of this? If you would just cry out to me, I, your God, will hear you, and I'll answer you, and I'll show you great and mighty things. He will not fail us if we cry out, if we do it his way, if we seek first, according to Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 633, if you seek first to kingdom of God. He has a way of doing things, a specific way of doing things. Come on, leaders. I don't find my voice, y'all. I don't know about nobody else. I don't find my voice, y'all. I'm going to use my voice to glorify him, to preach about him, to yes, talk about him, yes. to teach about him until somebody give up and get saved. I know there are some ears out there that are hearing right now. Ah, Kaba, I'm trying to hey, I'm trying to drive off the itch in your ear this morning and I'm trying to I'm trying to get you to move beyond itching ears this morning. Mm -mm 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 -mm. I ain't coming with no enticing words this morning. Come on, somebody. We come this morning with the word of the Lord this morning. That is powerful. It's quick. It's sharp. It's a two-edged sword. It cuts asunder between the dividing of soul and spirit, bone and marrow. It's a penetrator of the thoughts and intents of the heart of man this morning. So somebody being penetrated this morning, maybe for the first time, maybe for the second time, maybe you've been on here before. I don't know, but your life is never going to be the same after today, amen. God visit you right now. Holy Ghost touch you right now. If you need conviction to convince you about God, I pray the Holy Ghost convict you and convince you all in the same instance right now in the name of Jesus. That wavering soul out there, my God, that drug addict this morning, that prostitute this morning, that pimp this morning, that fraudulent person this morning, that crooked businessman this morning in the name of Jesus. Oh my God, those corrupt politicians this morning, that lying spirit in the overall I bind you this morning I forbid you to speak any further your lies in the name of Jesus I declare you that place washed and sanctified up there blindness come off your eyes that you can see the devastation that you're causing on innocent people poor people immigrants migrants but in the name of Jesus God turn those hard hearts into flesh that they can feel the pain and the suffering of God in their families the displeasure of God, the displeasure of God, the displeasure of God. Mm, 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 mm. 
convict them this morning in the name of Jesus. Glory. All right, then. Well, I'm warmed up now. Let's check in this morning. Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debt towards. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. God, no one will ever replace you, Lord God. So, Holy Ghost, we lift this Bible uh, study this morning and this prayer up to you this morning. We ask you to sanctify it and use it for God's glory this morning. Use us this morning to declare his word this morning with power and authority, with simplicity, and give the people understanding this morning, Holy Ghost. Fix this word in their hearts and their minds this morning. Write this word, Holy Ghost, on the tablets of their hearts. That they'll never forget this word this morning. And so, Father, all the word that you have given us, oh God, in previous sessions, oh God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we build on that word, that that be the building blocks for our hope and our future. Oh, we thank you. You've been so gracious to us. You blessed us, oh Lord God. Yeah, you've given us ministers and pastors, and yes, Lord, and followers after your own heart, Lord God, is seeking after you like deers panting after the water brooks. Our souls have been longing for you, and we found your word, and we did eat your word, and your word has become a joy and a rejoicing. We hunger and thirst for more of your righteousness this morning and we even feel like we're being filled right now refill us oh god refill us never let our wells of salvation run dry lord god fill us oh god keep that water living in us keep that gift stirred up in us oh father help us this morning lord god all oh, refill us revive us renew us this morning you sent your word to revive us and give us life we thank you this morning that we can delight ourselves in your word god yeah god because your word is a delight in yes my god in our counsel this morning so we thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path this morning oh we thank you that we we can see our way forward, Lord God. We thank you that we walk in the light and the counsel of the gospel this morning. We thank you for enlightening us, O oh God. We thank you, Father. Now let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart this morning be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our firm and penultimate rock and our redeemer this morning. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. Amen. Amen. Well, again, welcome all of you this morning to the Creating a Proud Culture. We're so grateful to be here this morning. Pastor Sharon, I bring you greetings this morning from the Hayes household this morning, New Freedom Christian Ministry family this morning. Thank God for our pastors that are on. Thank God for our ministers. Thank God for other clergy that may be joining us this morning. Uh, we pray right now that your life never be the same after this morning, but we've been talking about leadership. We've been had leadership demonstrated uh, since we started talking about it. Pastor Eric, Pastor Phoebe had a great, awesome service on yesterday. We had technical challenges, but that's all right. We had the right professional people in place to help us to go to the next plan. And so we had a con continuity plan already in place and things just went so well. And we said that was what God did. God is God will never be caught by surprise. He'll always have a ram in the bush. And so we want to just honor our pastors for stepping up yesterday, man, and just carrying yes. the, the, yes. the service this morning, yesterday morning and blessed us, blessed our socks off. Thank God for the young man, Brother Quentin, man, who not only has a word in his mouth, but the boy is a technical genius, man. You know how to just pull things together, connect us all up. And we give God praise for that. We just thank God for, 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 for what he's doing. We thank God for the praise band that stepped in yesterday and worshiped. And it was just awesome and incredible to sit there as a pastor and just see what the Lord was doing and just get into the flow of it. And I said, you know, I'm 
gonna get me a piece of this. So I started texting, boy, as much as I could, man. Stuff was running through my spirit, flushing out stuff. So I thank God that he ordained that yesterday to be that way. Mm -hmm. Thank God for my youngest son, Alex, who broke a piece of bread off yesterday morning for us. We still feasting on that. It went out on the podcast. So you can check that out, man, if you don't think it's real, man. It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was just what we needed. It was very relevant. And you will be hearing from these young people again. Amen. They're just standing in the balance. They're ready to deliver. We thank and praise God for my wife, Pastor Sharon, who got us right now. Man, so much faith right now. She ministers to us about those faith heroes over there in Hebrews 11, man. And right now we got faith to believe that walls are falling. Come on, chains are dropping off. Shackles are leaving. We believe that God's people right now, man, are beginning to trust God by faith, depend on God, rely on God. Come on, somebody. Come on, be assured of God just because of faith. And so we give God praise, glory, and honor. She was supposed to be on this morning, but you know, I'm, I'm telling you, I had to get this out. So she was willing to yield and let me go forth with this. And so she'll be back Thursday morning. Amen. She'll be, don't hang up on me now because it ain't Pastor Sharon. It's Pastor Lester. We flow out of the same spirit this morning. Y'all stay with me right now. Amen. I'm flowing in the Holy Ghost right now. You know, I ain't even thinking about y'all right now that way, but just, just stay with us this morning. Don't jump off too quick. But uh, she'll be here Thursday morning to bless you. Amen. Praise God. So what I want you to do right now is get your Bible. You know, I have been over in the book of Titus, and I'm going to go back to the book of Titus and pick up there. And I, I, I gave you the first seven verses the other week. Amen. So I'm going to try to give you the rest of chapter one this morning. It's just some things that God really blessed uh, me with about leadership. Amen. And we've been really preaching and taking on this subject about leadership because it's so important because we learn that everything rises and falls because of leadership at the hand of leadership everything rises and falls because of leadership or like thereof amen but we thank god for the leaders that he's called us to be we thank god that we understand we all have been called because we've been created in the image of our fathers to lead if it's nothing but leading myself you know if it's nothing but just leading my dog around the corner i'm still leading so those leadership attributes are going to manifest some kind of way. You're going to lead something, you know, until you can't be led no more. Amen. And so it's, it's just what God has ordained that we should, we should have good leadership. Amen. 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 Because everything rises and falls on leadership or the like thereof. So I want you to go into the book of Titus with me this, this morning uh, over in chapter one of the book of Titus. We're going to pick up at verse number eight this morning. <clears throat> but I want to say, make this statement. I want to keep making this statement until it sets, sets with you in your spirit this morning. It is this. He was, you know, I wrote it in my margin a few weeks ago. And he said that the pure, he says that the more pure the doctrine is, he says the more pure the personal behavior will be. And so we want to put out this gospel. We want to get this word out there because if we keep it pure, sound doctrine without anything added to it, you know, any contamination from what the world philosophies say, the enticing speeches say, the tradition of men say, because it makes it of no effect. But we understand that the pure this doctrine is, the pure this gospel is, the pure, the more pure, he said, the personal behavior will show up, the return will be. Amen. And so we want to send this word out, man, without any compromise and love because we want it to come back. Amen. Amen. And there was a word the Lord dropped in my spirit yesterday. He said, you're praying for security. I remember Pastor Eric reminded us that people are still hitting on the first message that we put out back in December and back in November when we pray for security, safety, you know, and, 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 and we put in security, we put that out and people are still hitting on that. They're rushing to that because that's what they're looking for. But the Lord dropped the word in my spirit yesterday. The minute he said that it was this, he said, 
what I'm trying to get people to right now in this season, not just safety, not just protection, not just security. He said, I'm trying to get them to a perfect security, a perfect protection where you know that you're protected, where you know that you're safe. You know, some people right now are not 100 percent sure. But he said, now I'm trying to I'm trying to perfect the security. I'm trying to perfect the safety. I'm trying to perfect the, the protection so people would know that when I say I'm going to do a thing, I'm going to do a thing. I'm faithful that promise. I'm not a man that I should lie. Man might promise you protection one day and then take it away the next day and then try to sell it to you the next day. He said, but I don't do that. When I say a thing, God said, I'm going to make good what I say. You can take that to the bank. Amen. So we're, we're striving right now after the perfected things of God this morning. You know, whatever it is, we, we, God said, I only send good and perfect gifts. Amen. And so that's where we're at now. That what and, and leadership is what's lacking right now. Leadership is giving you something watered down. You can't put no hope in it. And but we're coming this morning as leaders to try to give you the real deal. Give you really what God said that you can taste his goodness, that you can taste and see for yourself that the Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusts us in him. And so that's the hope that we're trying to resurrect in you this morning, that you that you believe that there's something better than what I have. There's something better than what I've seen. There's a latter rain coming. It's going to exceed the former rain. Come on, somebody, that I'm going to be more blessed than I've ever been in these coming days because God said that, my God, he said, he said, though thy beginnings were small. He told Job this. He said, Job, you ain't seen nothing yet. You got to understand in Job's day, Job was the richest man on the earth. He had more than anybody else by two or three times that. But look at what God told Job. He said, Job, you ain't seen nothing yet. Though your beginnings were small, in the eyes of God and his provision and his capability and what he can do, he said, Job, that that you had, your eyes ain't seen nothing yet. He said, look, though your beginnings were small, that was just small beginnings, Job. That was just a drop in the bucket of what I can do. He said, but your latter end is going to be greatly increased. I'm talking to somebody this morning right now. I'm talking to give God your very best right now because you ain't ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. What God is going to do. The latter is going to exceed the, the former. Amen. So let's get in here and talk about leadership and just understand you're getting ready to get the pure and adulterated gospel here. Amen. Amen. And so I was writing some things down, you know, and uh, the, last night I came downstairs, I got me a little nap and I said, man, I can't sleep. I got to go down here and open up my Bible because I know I'm going to have to give a word in the morning. And as I was coming down the steps, here's what the Lord began to say to me in the Holy Ghost, because I'm, I'm trying to process what's going on right now on planet Earth where I live. <clears throat> and I heard the Lord say to me because I asked him, Lord, can you just kind of put it in simple terms? What's going on? And he said, man of God, what you're seeing right now, you're seeing the evolution of evil. <clears throat> I hope you all hear what I'm saying. He said, you're seeing the evolution of evil. You're seeing how it's evolving. You know, you know, he said, but it has an expiration date. I need y'all to hear me. He said, but evil against my people that's being done against my people that's been set before my people that's evolving against my people. He said it has an expiration date. And he said that every believer plays a part in that expiration date. Amen. He said, because the thing that counters the evolution of the, the evolving of evil, evil deeds, evil acts, evil people doing evil things is for the evolution of good to kick in. And he said, that's what you've been doing. That's why I got y'all out in front of this when I did, you know, because I wanted to counter the evolution of evil by implementing the evolution of good. 
And he said, that's what you're doing. Getting up at five or six o'clock in the morning, coming together like that, letting your voices be heard. Put me in remembrance of what I said. He said, this is the evolving of good, that which is good. Y'all not up here spreading evil. He said, this is countering all that evolution of evil. And it's going on out there. And he let, he let me, as I was coming down the steps, he let me hear that. He let me see that in the spirit. I said, Lord, I can see it right now. I can see it. He said, even if you look to some, listen to some of the language of some of the speeches and campaigns and rallies that have been going on. One man came and he said, we need to start an evolution. But all the things that he said was some of the people in the crowd was not good. They had signs up talking about hurting people, doing all kinds of stuff, you know. And he said, that was the evolution of evil. It comes through your politics. It comes through certain leaders that you have that don't know me. He said, but I raised you all up and separated you and consecrated you and called you out so that my good could evolve through my people, through my followers, through my believers, through those real true men and women of God, through those real leaders that have lost their voice. They're supposed to be the voice of the evolution of good that would counter evil. He said, but so when they wouldn't do it, you took the challenge. You all took the challenge. You stepped up to the plate and said, Lord, send me. I'll go. We'll do it. And so that's why you're here this morning. We're trying to evolve this goodness, this good message, this good news. So that the people out there that are affected by these political evolutions, these all kind of these other evolutions that are all uh, tying into the evolution of evil. And when you look back at every empire, it was always some type of revolution, but it was a revolution where man wanted to do his distorted ideas and got people to follow them ideas. And before you know it, man, you had revolutions where they was killing poor people. They was killing under disadvantaged people, un underserved people. Those were the people who were feeling the, 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 the devastation of that evolution of evil. But God said, not so in this day, because I'm raising up a branch. I'm raising up my bride. I'm raising up in my own new culture that will, my God, that will pray about these things, that will study my word, that will come together, that will, that, that will, that will praise me, that will worship me, that will take a stand for righteousness sake, says the Lord. He said, so there is two evolutions going on right now. One is of evil and one is of good. And he said, you have to choose whose side you on. You have to choose whose side you on. I don't know about you, but I choose on the side of the Lord this morning, not just this morning. I just choose him again this morning because I understand what he's requiring of his leaders this morning is that we be a part of his evolution, that good evolving constantly day by day to counter all that evil. Amen. That he says has an expiration date and we play a part in that. And so he told me that. So I'm, I'm telling you that he told me to say that to you this morning. He said, we are dealing with the very evolution of evil. And our mission is to bring forth the evolution of good that leads, my God, to conviction and repentance. That's what he said to him. I wrote it here in the margin of my Bible. He says, so that the word of God be not blamed. This is all so that the word of God be not blamed. In other words, if God said it, that's it, period. You have to believe it. Amen, period. That's the only way righteousness is going to show up in your life is you got to believe that word and then God counts it as righteousness in your life. Then he can do great things through the individual believer all the way up to the group of believers. You know, that's, that's God. That's God. That's how he operates. So let's get in here this morning. Look at verse eight right here. Amen. In the first chapter of the book of Titus, uh, as a matter of fact, let me just hit verse seven, uh, just by way of six and seven. And then we'll go on in eight, just by way of review. Because we started out, we ended last time when I taught on this, talking about the family qualifications for a bishop. We talked about the, you know, the personal qualifications, the preaching qualifications. And we're going to get into all that. What this is going to help you to do is this. 
you're going to be able to see a contrast here of what we have right now and what we should have. And that's the only reason we're going through this leadership thing, because some of us uh, are carrying baggage right now from play previous places where we gave our time. We, we bought our tithes and often supported those things. And sometimes some of that residue still follows us around. And what this ministry is, is doing, the leaders of this ministry, we're trying to flush all of that out your mind. We're trying to flush all of that out your thoughts. We're trying to flush all that out your spirit because it will have an impact and an effect on you. In other words, there will come a clashing sometime when sometime when you hear the gospel for the first time, the clash here, you'll say, man, I did not, I heard that before, but I did not know that was really in the Bible. I didn't know that was gospel. And bam, so some of us are seeing things for the first time, but you got to understand what's taking place. There is a spiritual flushing that's going on. God is flushing all them old ideas out. He's flushing all that old residue out, all them old false prophecies. Some of us might still be listening to some of that stuff. Some of us might still be sending money to some of that stuff. Some of us might still be following some of that stuff. But God is kind of using this gospel, man, to flush all that out. That good is beginning to evolve and it's driving out all those, that residue that came from the from somewhere else, a different place, a different teaching, a different philosophy. And that's a good thing because the word does sanctify. The word does purify. It does clean. It does regenerate. You have to understand your makeup right now. You are, you are a regenerated spirit, but you're living in an unregenerated body. And that body is going to have to be, something's going to have to happen with that body. Well, I'm going to have to sanctify it. I'm going to have to sanctify it with the word. That's why he say, present your body to me as a living sacrifice. Holding except unto God without a spot, without a wrinkle. How do I present it like that, Pastor? I render it dead every day. I declare it dead every day. I declare it dead every day. I declare it as, as, as sheep for the slaughter every day. And then I can present it to God. Once I declare it dead, then I present it to God. Amen. And if it's going to be resurrected, let God resurrect it. Let God renew your strength. Let God renew your physical. Let God do all those things. Amen. And we do what we're supposed to do. So let's look in here, man, and kind of see what these qualifications were. Uh, start, <clears throat> starting at uh, <clears throat> verse six, he says, and if any be blameless, the husband of one wife, there's the first qualification, having faith, faithful children, there's the next qualification, not accused of riot or unruly. Amen. There's that family qualification. Can't be beating up your wife, beating up your children, doing all kinds of stuff, drinking, you know, sleeping around, doing all that stuff, man. If you're going to be a leader in God's kingdom and God's purpose and plan to lead his people. Amen. Then he goes on in verse seven. He says, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, nor striker, nor given to filthy lucre. So there are some personal qualifications there. Okay. He says what he is to do is to be an overseer or steward of God, you know, to do the work of God. Okay, these are things that he cannot be involved in. And enough said about that. We see it right there plain as day. Verse 8, where we pick up at. He said, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, and temperate. Now, this is what he's supposed to be. We just read what he shouldn't be, but now we're seeing what leaders should be. Amen. Well, this is what he, he should be doing. This is what he should be. This should be his character. This should be his personality. This should be his, his spiritual makeup as well as his physical makeup. It's very clear right there. Very clear right there. Lovers of hospitality. 
You know, you can't you, you can't be dogmatic to everybody. You can't treat people like they're there to serve you. They're there to serve God. You got to be hospitable about that. You can't be angry about that. You can't get upset about that. You can't get you a group of people that think like you do and have them out there, man, like slave masters on the people. Hey, you know, we got to take care of this. We got to take care of the bitch. We got to, no, you got to take care of God's business first. And then he goes on to say here in verse nine, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught. If you ain't been taught no word, it's impossible for these folks to do it. I mean, I don't know how many times I pulled up on the parking lot or drove by in the church and you see Deke out there with, with a cigar in his mouth, out there cussing with another deacon. They're supposed to be parking lot attendants, but they totally, totally disconnected because they ain't been taught nothing. I know you ain't been taught to stand out there in public on the church parking lot, parking people to go in the house of worship with a big cigar in your mouth, cussing and carrying on when they pull up. I know, I know you ain't been, well, I don't know. Maybe they have been taught that. I don't know. We see this stuff and it's real. Amen. But if you don't have the right preaching and teaching qualification, they might allow you to do that. Why? Because you might be their friend. You might be a part of their brotherhood. And so they got to be their brother's keeper. You know, they, they, they might not. You might be the worship of master and they just happen to be the preacher in the church. So that you might have more jurisdiction over them and they supposed to be the pastor. I, I don't know. You know, this stuff go on. He said, beholding fast the faithful to the word as he has been taught, as he has been taught. That if you've been taught the word of God, I guarantee you won't pull no cigar out, out there in public. You know, you'll be too ashamed and too embarrassed and the shame it bring on the ministry. He says that he may be able to, to uh, be able by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayer. So these are preaching qualifications here. Now we moved away from personal qualification, family qualification. Now we're dealing with personal qualification. You get down to the personal stuff. Now, holding firm to the word. Hold them firm to the word. A lot of people say, well, they don't have nobody to be accountable to. They don't want to take no responsibility. The word holds you accountable. If you are in, in, in an office, in the ministry, you know, any position that you hold, the word is what holds you accountable. The word is what you should be responsible to. Because remember what he said in 2 Timothy 3rd chapter, verse 16 to 18. He said, the word of God has been given as your doctrine. It's been given for reproach, for reproach. It's been given for correction. It's been given for instruction in righteousness. It's been given as a doctrine to you so that the men and women of God can be thoroughly furnished and prepared unto every good work. That's what he's saying. That is your standard. That is who hold you responsible. The word of God. There's no higher standard, you know, and you can't veer from that. So he said, hey, you got to hold firm to the word. The reason is that you must be able to encourage other believers and correct and convict unbelievers. Can't do that when they know. Wait a minute now. I saw you with a cigar in your mouth when, when you got out your Cadillac in the back of the church to go in the back door. You had to, you put your cigar out. Come on, come on, Rev. You know how they do. They don't even call you pastor. Come on, Rev. Some people got, they done got so close. Come on. They'll just say, come on, Rev. Come on, Rev now. Come on, Rev now. I saw you, Rev. I saw you last night, Rev. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, that's what's going on right now. You know, so they have no respect for you. You know, that's why they do whatever they want to do, mm -hmm. because y'all hanging out at the same club might be that's dating, right. might be dating two sisters. I don't know. This stuff go on, man. But he said, hold firm to that word. Let's go to verse 10 up here. He says, I want you to see the contrast. Now, let's let's see the contrast. We're beginning to lay the foundation. Let's see it right here. Now, verse 10, he says, for there are many unruly, amen, and vain talkers, deceit and deceivers, Especially they of the circumcision. Man, I'm telling you, man, when you see that word circumcision, all he's talking about here is old versus new. Old versus new. In other words, they oppose the truth. 
a lot of the old timers oppose the truth of the new timers today. You know, a lot of the messages today is a bunch of talk. It ain't scripture. It's just what they saying. They made themselves a thought. You get a lot of the fable. You get a lot of the old folks tales. They're not preaching pure, unadulterated gospel. And a lot of the older saints, they love that stuff. Why? Their ears are itching to hear it. You know, it ain't real. See, if it's the real gospel, unadulterated, authentic, it will convict. It's powerful. It's sharp. It's any two-edged sword. You can't water it down. It don't have the same punch. It don't have the same thrust. It don't have the same bite. It cannot penetrate where it needs to to get through all them layers of tradition out there to get to that heart so it can convict the thoughts and intents of the heart of man. You know, that's why Paul said that word is powerful. It's quick and sharp than any two-edged sword. Cuts the sun between dividing of soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and it is a penetrator, you know, discerning the thoughts and intents of a man. And so that's why a lot of times people can just shrug stuff off and go right back out there and do more of the same. Because that word is not, because it's not pure, unadulterated gospel. It's a gospel, but it's not the gospel. It is made the glorious gospel of no effect. And leaders do that stuff. They want people to be excited about what they say and not excited about what God say. What they say ain't going to convict you. What God says is what's going to convict you. That's the standard, you know. And so he goes on there, man. He says, why? It's because it opposes the truth. Just like circumcision back in the day opposed what God said was going to happen by grace. And you had some of those Old Testament scribes and elders and priests and Pharisees and Sadducees. They wanted to keep pumping that, that right. But Jesus said, no, I came and did away with all that. I came and brought in a different kind of way of worship. Those ceremonial systems, those ritualistic systems, those things are done away with. Because they had so many flaws in it. People still did what they wanted to do even after they did those things. Even after they were circumcised in the flesh. Jews required that sign, if you remember. But the Lord is saying now, hey, you know, Jews did not do it as a, as a, as a, a, a holy nation. Even though God called them to be holy, they didn't live up to it. So he had to come himself and say, look, I'm going to take that away from you. I'm going to fulfill that so I don't get to hold that against you. But I'm going to institute a new way of doing things under grace. So you don't have to any longer oppose my truth. You just have to believe my truth. You have to believe I'm who I say I am. Then you can be saved. You don't have to do all that stuff, cut the foreskin, all that anymore. Now I want to circumcise the foreskin of your hearts with the word of God. Yeah. You know, then he goes on to say here, he says that uh, 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 when you oppose the truth, when you continue to try to push, uh, trying to earn salvation by good works, he says what that is, is that means you're showing your undisciplined. You're not disciplined enough to take heed to what I'm saying. He says you become a talker and a deceiver. That's what a lot of leaders are doing now. They're talking and they're deceiving the people. They're talking loud, sounding similar, thinking of breath, but they ain't saying nothing. Mm. Ain't nobody being convicted or penetrated. But when you preach that gospel under authority, mm. apostolic authority and mantle of the Holy Ghost, oh, it'll make a difference. He said they become religious. You know, they become legalists. You know, they, they're, they're of the circumcision. They're still thinking that you can tell somebody, you better stop doing this, and they're going to stop doing it. That's dogmatic. That's not the way he does it. He, he gives you the word, and the word ain't coming back void. It must be silenced, he said. You know, look at verse 11. He says, whose mouth must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things that they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. He says it's got to be stopped. That's why we're calling them out now, y'all. Without calling specific names, we just calling them out now. It must be silence. God has said, silence that voice, and I want to hear your voice that's after me. You know, 
upset whole families. There's a lot of families out there upset right now because they're not getting no call from their bishop, from their apostle. They ain't calling them. We know right now on record, family members who are sitting at home have not heard nothing from any of their leadership. Faithful people helped build the ministry. Long time of members of that church. Ain't heard nothing. Pastor Sharon and I made a commitment. We were going to try to call everybody at least once a week. That's a part of new freedom. And I know Pastor Phoebe and Pastor Evan are doing the same thing. That's good leadership, y'all. Right now, you can't meet at the building. You can't have that fellowship. They ain't calling nobody. The ones they do call are the ones who write the big checks. They ain't calling them folk, man, who, who ain't making a lot of money, who can't, who can't give a big offering, struggling to, you know, bring their tithe to the house of God. You know, look at what he's saying, you know. They're doing it in error, filthy lucre. We see that right now. Cash out. It's about every uh, video I looked at, they either got cash out at the top or they got cash out at the end of the announcement. That app, that, 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 when they put it out, there, that advertisement. Cash out is in there somewhere. It's either at the beginning or it's at the end. It's in there, though. Let's go a little further. He said they must be silenced, you know. 12, verse 12, he says, one of them, he said, one of themselves, even a prophet of their own, ain't got nothing to do with God, is that they're doing prophesying of their own, said, the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. My God. In other words, he's saying, all that's saying right there in, in, in summary is, they are gripped by greed. Mm. By greed. Okay. They have a disgraceful reputation. The Christians were known for this. You know why they were known for this? Because they rejected, they opposed the truth. They were liars. They would rather you believe a lie than believe the truth. We got a lot of that going. We got a lot of that Christian spirit out there right now. They want their lies and philosophy to be more believed than the truth. What nerve they have. That's the same thing we're dealing with today, y'all. That Christian spirit is out there right now. It needs to be silenced. It needs to be stopped. Where is my voice, says God, to counter that? Verse 13, he says this. He says, the witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in their faith. He said they must be rebuked. That's what we've been doing, y'all. To become sound in the faith, they got to be rebuked. Somebody got to let them know. Some voice got to let them know. No, no, no. That opposes God's truth. That that you're saying right now is a lie. That Christian spirit is a lie. It opposes what God is saying. That tradition of men does make the glorious gospel of no effect. Those under shepherds that Pastor Eric taught about in, in Jeremiah 23, they got to be silenced. And when the word of God goes out, it silences those voices. We don't even have to have physical contact with them. But the word of God will expose that lie and oppose that lie and defeat that lie. But we got to have that voice. God's got to have that voice proclaiming, declaring announcing, publishing his word. That word will go on wings and it'll travel. It'll go dispel them lies, go convict them lies. It'll go silence them lies. That's why we are creating a prayer culture under God to counter all of that stuff that's floating around out there, entering into the ear gates of people, confusing people. 4,200 different voices out there right now talking different types of, the, of, of language. And God said it's got to be silenced. They're creating their own prophets their own prophecies, coming up with their own philosophy, trying to replace the truth, the gospel, with their gospel, creating their own system of righteousness, which is no righteousness at all. 
He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Well, beware of the righteousness of the Pharisees, too, who go about trying to create their own righteousness. It's got to be silence. It's got to be stopped. Let's go on. Verse 14 right here. We rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. The word of God rebukes it right now. That lying spirit, that Christian spirit out there right now in the name of Jesus. Verse 14, he says, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. He said that stuff has got to be ceased. What he's talking about when he's talking about Jewish fable, there's a lot of old myths out there. You know, you'll hear people coming up with all these old myths. I remember one time, one of my uncles, man, God bless him, he's deceased now. Every time I would come home, he'll call me in there. He called me in his bedroom because he was kind of ill. He said, boy, I, went, I heard them say you're a minister now. I said, well, I got ordained in, 90, in 1992. He said, let me ask you a question. You ever heard this old tale right here, this old fable? He started coming up with all them old fables, them old folk tales, man. And I said, uncle, that ain't in the Bible. He told me, it's in there. I just ain't never seen it. But they tell me it's in there now. <clears throat> and you could just listen to that stuff, man, and tell. Well, this is what they're talking about here. A lot of people, man, hold on to these old suspicions, these old folks tell some preachers, some old preachers, they preach it as gospel. Mm -hmm. And you get some of them grannies sitting out there, man, that's all they've ever known. They've never known nothing else. They be, hey, man, preach, Reb. You better say that, Reb. And people think that's gospel. But he calling them out right here. He says, cease from that stuff. Man-made rules. Man-made rules. My mom then raised, was raised up under man-made rules. And one of my cousins asked me, why didn't I go down there, man, when I came back and took over and they needed a pastor? I ain't finna go down there, man, and try to tear down, dig up, out, and change all them old man-made rules. It'll take me, man, the rest of my life, man, to try to get them minds unwind. But we're going to come and lay... A, a, a new foundation. If they want to come out of that and come to where we at, they can, but it has to be of their own free will. And even to go down there with no, with no pick, no sledgehammer, try to beat that stuff out of them, man. Cause they weren't going to give it up. It's, it's rooted in them. It's, it's grounded in them, you know, but if they want to come out of there, we'll, 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 we'll go and, and build a grassroots ministry, a, a move of God. And they want to come out, then Hey, let them come out of it. If God don't draw them out, they ain't coming out. I ain't going down the mantra, not me. So here we go. Verse 15, he says, unto the pure, all things are pure. My God. But unto uh, them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. My God. But even their minds and consciences is defiled. Now look at what he's talking about. He said they are unpure. They may not ever admit it. Totally unpure, you know. You know, and he said, but to the pure people, those who have been sanctified by the word, everything is pure. We're looking at it right now, man, and we're saying things to be not as though they are. We're believing right now that the word of God has the power to sanctify and free and cleanse anybody. So it's pure for us. What God can do, it ain't no doubt about it. It shouldn't be any doubt about it. He said the pure always believe that everything is pure when it comes in contact with God. I don't care if it's got 12 years of unclean blood, hemorrhage. It doesn't matter. When it comes in contact with God and, and touch the hem of his garment, I'm that healing virtue will flow out of God and cleanse you up from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. I don't care how long you've been bound with it, addicted to it. I don't care how much filth it is brought in your life. When you come in contact with the pure blood of Jesus, it'll cleanse you, sanctify you, wash it away. I don't care how red it is like Clemson, but he said, my God, when it touches you, I'll make you white as snow. You know. It's, you know, and the pure got to say that it's pure. You've been purified, sanctified by him. He said to the corrupt, though, I don't care what you do. I don't care how many miracles they see. 
It was the same thing with Jesus when he was doing miracles. They still didn't believe him. And so they're going to continue to be unbelievers, no matter what. There are some people out there, no matter what you do, how close they come to the truth. You know, Agrippa said, Paul, almost thou persuaded me. Almost thou persuaded me. Almost I believe the truth. There's a lot of people out there right now. Almost. Some out there listening to me right now. Almost thou persuaded me. I ain't trying to persuade you. If God don't draw you, you ain't coming no way. You ain't coming no way. But I'm going to believe that the, that, that, that the word of God is pure. You can believe ain't nothing pure. You know, you can believe that. I'm just going to believe that their minds, he said their minds and their conscience is corrupted. Verse 16 for the last verse, look at what he says. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work they work reprobate. He's telling you right there. They claim to know God, but their works deny God. You just look at them. They expose their denial by their behavior. Okay? They are detestable and they are disobedient because they're trying to mix a little bit of this with a little bit of that. Just not going to work. He said the pure of the gospel, the pure of the teaching, the more direct it is, the more perfect the behavior is going to be, the more pure the behavior is going to be. And so, fathers, we come now in the name of Jesus. Thank you. For this word, thank you for letting us see God in, in, in contrast in the type of behavior that you require and the type of behavior, God, that you reject. And so, Father, we just want to be on that side of following after your instructions, being corrected by your word, keeping it pure, keeping it real, Lord God. Father, not adding to it or taking from it. So we're praying this morning in the name of Jesus that everyone that's out there under the sound of my voice that will have access to this word, this teaching this morning, God, that this word even right now will begin to purify their thoughts and their minds. That separation is taking place right now. Wherever this word is going forth, we're praying right now that this word is penetrating. This word is convicting. This word is renewing. This word is provoking thoughts right now. This is your word, Father. And you said, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It would not return void. So, Father, we have published your word this morning, Lord God, which is what us leaders should do, God. Preach and teach sound doctrine without compromise. And so I'm praying and hoping this morning, all the leaders on this line, we're praying and hoping this morning, Lord God, that as your word goes out, it'll fall on good ground, Lord God. It'll break up foul ground. It'll change minds and hearts right now. And that those who hear your word, that faith will come and they'll believe in the spirit of their mind that they have heard a word from the Lord. And they'll come out of darkness. They'll come out of tradition. They'll come out of, of folks tales and myths and, and, and philosophy and God I pray that even right now the Holy Ghost is taking this word and he's demonstrating by the spirit and power of God on some continent right now some tribe some country right now some city some state somewhere right now where this word is going forth on one of these platforms I pray in the name of Jesus that there is a prodigal son or daughter right now that's falling on hard and difficult times I pray in the name of Jesus that right now God that that prodigal spirit be broken off of them right now and that this word will open their eyes, Lord God, that they may behold and see, God, what they left behind, what awaits them, and they'll make a conscious, intelligent decision that I can do better than this right here because I heard a voice speaking to me. I heard a word coming to me. I heard something convicting me in my spirit 
that there was somebody praying for me. Somebody, my God, has sent out a word that's calling my name. And God, I pray this morning in the name of Jesus, because we believe in the supernatural. We believe in the miraculous power of God, that the Holy Ghost is visiting somebody on the other end, the receiving end of this message this morning, because we believe you ordained it, Lord God, because of the evolution of evil in the earth, oh God. I believe, Father, that right now that this is a part of the evolutionary movement of God to bring about good tidings and good news that will free your people. And so, Father, I pray this morning in the name of Jesus that this word will be far reaching, that every message that we put out, Lord God, even all the way back to November, we'll continue to minister to people, continue to reach people. They'll continue to click on and listen to the message. And that, that message will sanctify and purify them and change their minds and convict them to the very core, Lord God, that they'll want to give up that lifestyle. They'll want to come out that darkness. They'll want to come out of drugs and prostitution and, and come out of Lord, corrupt government. And they'll come out and they'll run to you, God, and say, what must I do to be saved? And I pray that there'll be some man and woman of God, some real minister, some real preacher, that fear God, God will begin to tell them all you have to do is believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe and confess with your mouth that God raised him up from the dead, and then thou shalt be saved. And right now, brother, sister, you can call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved because he has no respect to person, Jew nor Greek, barbarian or tame. It doesn't matter. God came to save the whole world. And so, Father, we pray and thank you this morning that this word has gone out, Lord God, and I pray that it fall on good ground. I pray that they convict the sinner this morning. He convict the leaders this morning, Lord God, that are not measuring up, Lord God. Those, oh God, who are doing things by favor, Lord God. Those, oh God, who are not serving but are demanding to be served. We're praying right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Father God, that you would sanctify them with thy word because thy word is truth right now. God, we're asking you to sanctify and purify your pulpits this morning, those platforms on which we proclaim the good news of the gospel. We're praying right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you remove every abominable thing this morning, God, every myth, every lie, every false prophecy, every false teaching. Father, we pray anything right now that oppose the truth, oh God, anything that's in contrast with your gospel, Lord God. We're praying in the name of Jesus that it be cast out, Lord God. Hey, Kaba, that it be bought low, that it be gotten rid of, oh God, that it be treaded upon right now because it's hurting your people, Lord God. They're not living up to the life that you have called them to live up to, God. They're not reaching their full potential in Christ Jesus. You created us, Lord, to live a certain way. You created us to have a certain blessing. You created us, oh God, to do certain things. And we're falling short right now because the leaders are not pre preaching and teaching sound doctrine and love without compromise. They're doing it for filthy lucre, Lord God. They're lying from the pulpits. They're operating under that spirit, that Grecian spirit right now. But Father, in the name of Jesus, we break that hope right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you that the truth of God is prevailing right now in all these places. And we give you all the praise, the glory, and honor, Lord God. Thank you this morning, Father. Keep that gospel pure, Lord God. The pure of the gospel, mm -hmm. the pure of the return, the pure of the behavior the pure, the blessing, the pure, the healing, the pure, the deliverance. And so, Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor right now as evil is evolving. We thank you this morning that we've had a chance to let good evolve. And we thank you for the cancellation of all that that opposes the truth right now, whether it be near, far, church, or out of the church. God, we give you praise for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.